Time now for another Thrash Pie radio podcast. This is where I get to celebrate the pure rock years of Southern California's heavy metal flagship, KNAC-FM. I am Thrash Pie, your favorite guy. This is a continuation of the podcast with uh, the interview featuring Stu Herrera, our great production director and now a very successful voiceover artist and protect, uh, radio production guy here in town at KLOS-FM. So Stu's time began at, uh, at KNAC, like most everybody else's, as a volunteer. And what was going on with the station was the, the atmosphere was beginning to change in terms of its competition outside of uh, its own walls. You know, um, music was beginning to change radically. We got Pam Edwards to come in and be our uh, program director through pretty much what began to... Uh, to be the end of the hair metal, pop metal sort of era. And uh, another friend uh, came up to take the reins from San Diego's KGB, also had been uh, um, very involved in the, in the rock station era and had been a friend of the station for some time. And he was a guy that Stu had known of. Well, I had already known him because Steele was dating Pam at the time, and he was still uh, back in San Diego when she took the job up here. And he was doing some production, and I I remember he also threw down, uh, I think Pam asked him if he would produce a Easy Money promo for KNAC. And I don't remember whether I heard it first, and then I did mine, or whether I'd already done mine, and then I heard his. But I remember... It, uh, thinking uh, that that it was very radio sounding and kind of old school, and I thought, what? I, I didn't dig it. And I think I, I'm sure that I met him a couple of times. You probably had him up uh, for lunch or as a guest or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this guy's a hair farmer, and he he seems pretty cool. When they announced that he would be the the next program director, I guess it was after Pam, right? I thought, all right. Well, I've already got a friendly kind of rapport with this guy. I, wasn't sure that I that I liked him at first, but I I do like him, and and uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how things go, and um, yeah, he was a really cool boss, and I and uh, Greg is the guy who was helming KNAC when we were at a crossroads, like hair, nobody called it hair metal then, but um, you know this Warrant Winger Slaughter model, that's done, Bon Jovi, all of that, like that's over. Here's what's here's what's next. It's White Zombie. It's Rage Against the Machine. It's all the guys from Seattle. It's it's going to be a little more serious and and a little more thoughtful. And when he started adding some of those records, I did not get it at first. I was like, "Where's the solo, man? Where's the guitar? Where's the screaming? Where's the party? Where's the you know?" Greg said, "No, we're going to play these records." And we and you know it wasn't that it didn't take me too long before I was like, "You know what? This does kick ass." Man, that's pretty awesome of Greg to to have heard it. I mean, you know, not everything stuck to the wall, but a lot of stuff stuck to the wall. Stone Temple Pilots was another uh, band. KNAC was was first on all of that stuff. Kevin Weatherly was following Greg's lead. You know, Brian Shock was the music director at that point, right? Not right away at first, I don't think, or maybe he was. Yeah, Brian was in that mix as well. I don't even think Brian heard it all right away either, because um, I'll tell you what Brian thought was the savior of rock, and he may deny this, but he he won't be able to do it to my face. He thought that John Karabi's Motley Crue was the way ahead, and I love that record. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, but uh, or it could have been, or I don't know under what circumstances that could happen, but... 
But Brian was like, this album is going to be huge, and this album is going to light the way. Well, it's really interesting because my, you know, I came into uh, the last half of Greg's tenure there, and I realized the same thing you did. You know, because great changes had happened because I'd left. I went to KLOS. I went to Pirate. I got sick. I missed a lot. Greg actually steered that little station. Yeah. Not only through a great musical change, but in the face of huge competition from Pirate Radio. Do you remember that part? Oh, yeah, dude. Us versus Pirate was the biggest war since KMET and KLOS. Maybe even bigger, you know. Speak to his guidance through that kind of, that was a turbulent time. That was dramatic. Yeah, and I mean, we were. It didn't even seem like we were evenly matched, at least in terms of you know signal strength. I mean, at least KMET versus KLOS, those are two evenly matched. You know, those are big signals, big budget stations. This was this little pea shooter punk out of Long Beach versus a 100.3 Westwood One, Norm Pattis. I mean, they've got resources and they spent them. There was outdoor all over town. Harley girls, or whatever they call them, that their street squad was, which was a brilliant move. Greg kept us focused on what we do the best, which was on the ground, on the streets, kind of promotion style, which would, you know, we'd been doing all along anyway. We stayed the real deal under Greg and Pirate. It seemed like they were they were chasing us. It seemed like they were really unfocused. When Greg came in, we stopped playing Warrant. We stopped playing Slaughter. We stopped. We stopped all that stuff. Greg had us playing, like I said, you know, the kind of classic 90s alt-rock type of playlist mixed in with uh, just more of the, you know, bread-and-butter metal kind of acts. And it was, the, it was the, the perfect combination, I think, to hold our own against Pirate. We weren't going to force Pirate Radio out of the game. We had a smaller overhead, and we had the, the resources to kind of hold our breath longer underwater, if you will, than Pirate. That's well put. Yeah. We outlasted them. As you're, as you're talking about Greg and, and that stuff, and I'm picturing that hallway down next to Gary's office and Tina's little cubicle right outside of Gary's. And I remember one night we were all there working late. Not Maybe not everybody, but I was there late. Greg was late. Probably Darren was on the air and who knows else was there. But anyway, I remember I was over in Tina's area doing something, maybe sending a fax or making a copy of something. And Greg came over and we just had like a, a mellow moment there. And... uh Whatever it was that brought it up, he looks to me and he says, you know, he says, you can't know this yet, Stu, because, you know, you're, you're younger. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know this because I've, I've had a couple of radio jobs. And he says, you're going to look back on this time at KNAC and you are never going to have another gig like this. This is the most fun that you are having, the best time, the best radio experience you're probably ever going to have is happening to you right now. I don't remember, you know, if it was like so. No, it's one of those lucid moments. I, I, yeah. I know. I had, I, I caught myself telling myself that my dream, L.A. was my goal. I wanted to be there. I'd heard K Rock. I'd heard KMET. I wanted to be here. Yeah. And when I got out here, I was riding around in a car with Ross and Jimmy and Ton, I think. Yeah. And we turn on the little station, and it's just freaking cranking out of the box you know you you knew what station you were on as soon as you punched a button over there yeah and and, and i you know i thought oh my god this is it it's happened you know it was a sort of kind of him to 
point that out to you because, you know, you're so busy doing stuff. Yeah, it never occurred to me. I mean, I was enjoying myself, and I knew I was that I liked my job and everything. Mm-hmm. But Greg kind of pulled, you know, pulled the focus back a little bit, you know, or yeah. dollied out, yeah. as it were, and said, just, just stop and take a look around you. He's like, you're never going to have this much fun in radio mm-hmm. ever again. I'm not saying this to dissuade you from staying in the business. No, he's probably close to right, you know, yeah. oh, and yeah. thinking back on it. Sure, I mean, you have fun now, and you always will, but, you know, yeah, those yeah. early times like that, yeah, yeah. Very, very special. What he also didn't say was that you'll never make less money in the <laughs> business than you're making right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wasn't that the truth? Oh, boy. Oh, that's why Thrash Pie had to do those rock clubs in the middle of the week until 2 o'clock in the morning and Hell then drag yeah. ass in there at 6 a.m. and Red go Onion. On. Tuesday oh. night red onion, two hundred bucks for partying. Yes, sir. Okay. I'd do it all day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I wouldn't change anything. In fact, man, there are days I'd love to just go back. Man, I feel the same way. And I love you like a brother, man. So Likewise, brother. Yeah, I love any- that right back. I mean, we shared this thing, you know, all of us and all of our listener friends out there too, and, and you know, we I don't we don't know them all by name, but they come back and, you know, reach out on Facebook or call on the request line and and there are other radio stations that had great stuff, and, you know, they probably get together. I'm sure the, the, the you know, oh, sure. era of guys who worked at K-Rock who get get together because it was special for those guys, too. But this place is great, but it's, sometimes it's like a bank, and I haven't, I've been here 22 years, and I have yet to see any reunions. <laughs> <laughs> That's our boy. <laughs> He's speaking about KLOS, which I will tell you is a great place to work. It's a great radio station, has a great tradition. But um, it's a little more corporate than we were at KNAC. We were, you know, holes in the pants and borrow money to, you know, cash in your bottle caps to get enough gas to get to, to get to work and have a good time and do those rock nights to pay your rent. I got to tell you that. That's Stu Herrera there. And another side note, he made mention of a, a name there. He dropped uh, Kevin Weatherly. He said that Greg... Actually, Kevin Weatherly was taking his cues from Greg in terms of adding music and the, the new alternative pure rock music that was coming along. Um, Kevin Weatherly is the program director at K-Rock, I believe, till this day. Is that not correct? Yes, it is correct. So a very insightful stuff and a little bit inside baseball from our pal, Stu Herrera. I'll have more insight into the pure rock years of KNAC-FM in future podcasts. In the meantime, your comments and correspondence of any kind, welcome at thrashpyradio at gmail.com. So give us a like and a share. Keep your eye on your Facebook page for the next Thrash Pie Radio podcast.